A lot going on. This is summertime. It's kind of typical of, and I was looking at the website. If you go to our website and we have what's happening under the what's happening link, you're going to see a lot is going on. As a matter of fact, uh, we have, if you notice, well, I, we had a lovely visit by the county recently. They came by, very friendly, didn't tell us they were here, went around, looked at, and said, hey, you, uh, you need to maintain the landscaping. We actually have to do that, uh, keep things alive and looking nice for two years, and we have a bond, and if we, if we decide not to do that, well, they'll just take it out of our bond that they're holding, commandeering. So anyways, uh, we are having a landscaping day on July 23rd. Um, and we, we had like over 50 people last time we did this. It was great. Families were out. And we're just going to pull weeds is what we're going to do on all the islands, okay? Uh, just making them look nice. And, and we're taking care of some other things that they pointed out as well that are going to require some chemicals. Uh, we are not asking you to do any of that. But please, come on out July 23rd. Please help us pull some weeds so we can keep the county happy. All right? That would mean a lot to us. And the next, gentlemen, we have a men's breakfast is coming up on August 6th. You can go to the church app under the events, or you can go to what's happening on our website, and you can sign up. Five bucks will get you a really good meal and hanging out with some cool dudes just like yourself. So please sign up for that. With that said, we are going to continue in our study on the book of Ephesians I'm going to ask you, if you would, to get your Bibles out, your Bible apps open, whatever it might be. Turn to the table of contents, right? We're all going to get there together. So if you'll notice in your table of contents, there's an Old Testament, a New Testament. I want you to find the book of Ephesians. It's about a third of the way down. And let's turn to Ephesians. And we're actually going to be at chapter, I want you to turn to chapter 5. We're going to look at the first half of chapter 5 this morning. But before we do that, I'm going to pray. So will you pray with me? Father, thank you for the blessing of your word. And God, I pray that as we open your word, as we read your word, Lord God, as I do my very best to teach your word, I pray that there would be nothing that would come from me. God, that what would come out of me would be your words, your thoughts. And I pray that our hearts and minds are open to all of that. If anything comes from me and is of me, God, I pray it would not be heard, received, understood. It would just fall to the ground. And Father, I pray that every inch of this building this morning, all that we're doing would glorify you, would build us up into the people you've always wanted us to be. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Do I sound like I'm breathing heavy here? Kind of like, I, I sound a little weird. Uh, okay, maybe not. I want to ask you a question as we get into this morning, and that is, have you ever thought about what makes you different? What makes you different? And I don't mean your fingerprints, okay? What is it that makes you different? Because I, I believe there's in all of us a sense that we, we, we kind of want to be different. Now, I realize there's a few of you that are like, oh, no, I don't want to be different at all. Well, that makes you different. It really does. I mean, just, just look today at, at um, big business is spending a lot of money to generate a lot of variety. There are some of us in here old enough when you had like four colors to choose from, like red, yellow, green, and black, right? Today, I mean, the, the colors that you can paint, is we just had our house painted not too long ago, and the options were exhausting. As a matter of fact, I just gave up. I said, Nancy, you, you just decide. This is killing me. Can you relate to that? I mean, sometimes having too much is just overwhelming, whether it's 
kind of jeans you can wear, the kind of color of the house that you can paint, the kind of clothes that you want to wear. Uh, There's just so many different ways that we can be different. And again, big business is spending a lot of money on that. And so I think inside all of us, there's a sense that we want to be different. And we, so we try to personalize our phones and, and, and personalize maybe our cars with our colors or personalize our homes with our house colors, whatever it might be, right? And when I say personalize, that's like code talk. It's code talk for being different. Well, this morning we come in chapter 5 where through Paul, God's talking to his people. He says, oh, I want you to be different. I want you to be different. But I don't just want you to be different. I want you to be really different. And so we're going to look this morning and kind of talk about, well, what's different, but what's really different? And this is a really challenging passage of Scripture to teach in some ways because it's just, it's a list. It's just Paul going, ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. So I'm going to do my best to to share the list with you. And I'm just going to ask, as you listen to the list, just ask yourself, Am I really different in that way? And what's keeping me from being really different in that way? So, with that being said, chapter 5, verse 1, Paul says, therefore. We're going to stop right there. When you see therefore, it means he said something really important before. And what's really amazing about chapter, you don't see that really in chapters 1, 2, and 3. You see it in chapter 4. With each paragraph, Therefore, in verse 1, you see, therefore, in verse 17, and then we get to, therefore, in verse 1 of chapter 5. All these therefores, remember how important this is. This is crucial today. If you don't leave with anything else other than this, then I will feel like I have served you well. The therefore is therefore because previous to everything that Paul's now saying about what we are to do, how we are to live, he has explained all that we've been given how we've been loved and forgiven. And and it's through God's grace in Jesus Christ that we now have the capacity to now do. If we try to do to get what chapters one through three tell us we already have, that's religion. And we don't want to be religious. Jesus had the harshest words for the religious, my friends. Remember, we've seen that as we studied the book of Matthew for like over a year. Jesus really got onto religion. So we have to understand the importance of this therefore. When you read these things, and as I'm asking you to think about, am I really different in that way? If you think about, you know, in my own strength, can can I be really different? Then that's religion. Don't want you to walk away with that. I want you to walk away with all that you realize you've been given in Christ. The grace and mercy and compassion that God has shown in Jesus and, and the gift that he is to you. Does that then inspire? Does that motivate to be really different? So, therefore, I promise I won't take this long on each word, okay? Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in love as the Messiah, which is Jesus, also loved us and gave himself up for us, a sacrifice and fragrant offering to God. Now, let me just, I got to show this again, what I just said. Notice he says, the action, walk in love, comes after he says, dearly loved children. That's so important. Again, the order is important. It's first being dearly loved children, realizing that came as a gift. Now, in light of that, I'm going to walk in love. And look at the kind of love that he describes. It's the kind of love that Jesus gave himself up for us. And notice to God, to God it was a sacrificial and fragrant offering. 
Jesus' love smelled good. But think about that for a moment, parents. Think of the crazy love. The, almost, it's the scary love in a way. Would you give up your child? Would you allow them to be mocked and beaten and spat upon and ridiculed and crucified? Could you do that? I, I, I couldn't do that. And God did. Because God saw in that a fragrant offering. And what made it so fragrant? It was sacrificial. And, and this is really the first difference that I want to point out. You can be different in that you love. Okay? You can love. And, and when I say love, I mean, really what we, we're typically, the common love is it's, it's feelings. A lot of it is feelings driven. If I feel like loving you, I will. If I don't feel like loving you, I'm going to have a bad day. Uh, it, it's not just feelings. It can also be um, conditional. Well, if you love me, I'll love you. It can be obligatory. Well, I'm, I'm supposed to do it. Or it can be convenient. Well, it's kind of easy for me, so yeah, I'll do that. But, and, and, you know, if you, if you love in, in those ways, that's probably better than like and better than being friendly and better than being polite. But God's calling through Paul not just to be different in a loving way. He's calling to be really different, to sacrificially love people, to sacrifice like Jesus loved. And so I had to ask myself, <laughs> What does my love smell like? What does your love smell like? Does it smell of conditional? Does it smell of just purely emotional? Does it smell of obligatory? Or does it really smell of sacrificial? And by sacrificial, it means that you love someone, not just the person you're married to, not just the children in your home, but you love people in a way that you want better for them than you want for yourself. Um, come on, let's just, that's a tall order right there. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to kind of finish and just walk away and try to get our minds around that. Paul keeps going on. That's hard. But that is what it means to be really different. Okay? Moving on, verse 3. He says, but sexual immorality and the impurity or greed, and, impure, and any impurity or greed should not even be heard of among you, as is proper for the saints. To those of you who are followers of Jesus, you're saints. St. Duke, will you stand up for a minute? Can we give St. Duke a hand? St. Duke, you're awesome. You're awesome, all right? <laughs> but that's, I mean, those who saints are, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are a saint. And what he's saying is, and he's talking about the sexual ethic, he's saying the immorality, the impurity should not even be spoken of about you, let alone participated in and then skipping down to verse 5 he attaches to it a sobering consequences he says for for no one recognized this every sexually immoral or impure or greedy person who is an idolater does not have an inheritance in the kingdom of the messiah and of god now when you read that that can be very disturbing because i will tell you that in my lifetime, I have been sexually immoral. And I, and I suspect that you have as well. Since I became a follower of Jesus, I can, I, can, I can tell you that my eyes have wandered. I'm not proud to say that, but it's the reality. It's the truth. And when you read something like this, you, you think to yourself, okay, does that exclude me from, from the inheritance of, of being in the kingdom of God? 
it's really critical that you get that phrase, who is an idolater. Okay? This is someone who routinely, who regularly worships sexual impurity, sexual immorality. There is no remorse. There's no sense that they've broken the heart of God. It's, it's just something they do. And they choose to do and they want to do. Now, what's really interesting, do you notice the word that gets lumped in there? And the word is greed. I mean, how do you put those together? How is sexual immorality and, and impurity and greed, how is that together? What is, what is Paul saying here? Well, when you think of sexual immorality, and, and when, he's, when he says sexual immorality and any impurity, my friends, he is covering any and all Sexual activity outside of heterosexual marriage, he's covering it all. And he's saying, it should not be heard of among you, let alone participated in, to those of you that are children of God, that are imitators of God. And to do so is to kind of bring in this idea now of greed. Because when you, when you and I, when we blow through the sexual boundaries that God has established that we might see as archaic, as we might see as confining. My friends, God knows what he's doing. The boundaries that he has set are for the gift of sex, and God has not approved God. He has given sex as a gift, but it's to be enjoyed in its fullest, in its purest form, in the confines of heterosexual marriage. And I think we can come up with many practical ways that we have seen and heard of when it happens outside of those of that boundary, it is very, very problematic emotionally, physically, financially, psychologically. And he's saying, may that not even be a part of you, not even heard of as a part of you. And so greed is that way of where I want more. Uh, and greed is when I want more and cannot get enough to be satisfied, and I don't care about anybody else. And, and certainly there's a greed component into sexual immorality. Now, Paul's not excluding or, or, or isolating greed merely. He's talking, uh, in a sexual sense, he's talking about greed as a whole. But he brings in to this conversation as he also connects sexual morality and purity together. Now, let's talk about what makes this different. What, what, do we, what, what, are, what are we saying here? Well, you might say, well, let's be different and say, I'm not going to be greedy, sexually or any other way. I'm not going to be greedy. Okay, great, great. That's going to make you different in a way, particularly in our culture. But what does it mean to be really different? Well, the Bible talks a lot about another word that begins with a G. Generous. You, you, you can be different in that you're saying, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be greedy. But you can be really different, and that is to be Generous. That is when, it's, when you give beyond expectation, when you give beyond need, when you do it joyfully, when it comes honestly from your heart. Are you a generous person? Would, would people describe you as generous? When, when I said, are, are you different? And how are you different? And would some people say, man, that guy's different because, or that girl's different because, man, they're just always giving. They're some of the most generous people I've ever met. Church, we've been given so much in Jesus. We've got to work on it. And this is something I've, I've shared with you over the years. I, I really want to work on this in my own life. I, I, I would love for people, when they're talking about me at my funeral, that they would make some mention of generous. But I have a lot of work to go. 
in that way. But that's what makes us really different. Verse 4. Now, I realize in this room, no one's, this verse does not apply to anybody, so let me just read and get through it fast, okay? Coarse and foolish talking or crude joking are not suitable, but rather giving thanks. Mm. What we have to remember is that God is holy. And he wants his people to be holy. Holy meaning set apart. Set apart for a godly purpose. And so we have to be really careful with our words. I mean, last week he said, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word is as good for edification according to the need of the moment that may grace those who hear. He's doubling up here. Now he's saying what everyone else is doing kind of in their, you know, in their, in their coarse joking and uh, in their foolish, silly speech, uh, in their crude language. He says, not, not you. Not you. As a matter of fact, he says, rather giving thanks. He skipped skip the verse 20, and he says, giving thanks always for everything. So if you want to be different, then just refrain from the language that Paul is talking about here. Refrain from the foul language. Refrain from the dirty jokes. Refrain from even being in that conversation. You, you can be different that way for sure. And I realize that it's going to be harder for some of you. Not all of us are on a work site, right? I hear about <laughs> those of you that are contractors and everything. I mean, I, I mean I've had conversations that you're like, man, it's tough. But if you want to be really different, just try this. Try expressing thanks for everything. Out loud, expressing thanks to God for all that he's given you. Just try that. I've been amazed in my own personal life as I began regularly to thank God. I mean, it just comes out like water comes out of the faucet. God, thank you for the roof that I slept under. Thank you for the bed I slept in. Thank you for the clothes I'm wearing. Thank you for the food you've given me. Thank you for the country I was born in. And you just run through that list, and you thank God for that. And you speak publicly about that to other people. Rather than complaining, rather than um, using profanity, thank God for something in front of somebody. And watch them, whoa, that's, that's not just different. That's really different. And that is what the people of God, the imitators of God, as dearly loved children are being called to do. All right, let's keep moving. Verse 6. He says, let no one deceive you with empty arguments, for God's wrath is coming on the disobedient because of these things. Again, we come back to what he was saying in verse 5, and that is that no one will inherit the kingdom of God. Not only will they not inherit the kingdom of God, but they will receive and, and experience the wrath of God. Verse 7, therefore do not become their partners. In other words, don't participate in that kind of living. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of of the light results in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. He's saying, you're children of light. And light, what he's saying is he's talking about truth. He's talking about biblical truth, God's truth. And he says, you were once dark. You were once, you didn't care about that. I mean, I, I'll t I can remember when I wasn't a follower of Jesus, I didn't give a rip about God's word. I thought it was ridiculous. But when, you're, when you become born again, and, and when the Spirit of God comes inside of you, and, and your eyes are open to the truth of God's word, it's, it's like, as 
Paul says here, things become clear. And I'll read that in just a minute. You see your depravity. You see your brokenness. You, you realize, I, I'm broken, and I need a Savior. And I, I make a terrible Savior. So he says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. In other words, walk living out what God teaches is the right way to live, to surrender and submit to God. That's how life works. And when you're thanking him publicly for what he's done, when you're living your life that way, he says, for the fruit of the light results in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. It comes out of you. It, it's born out of you. People see that in you. And he says, discerning what is pleasing to the Lord. He says, don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what is done by them in secret. Everything exposed by the light is made clear. For what makes everything clear is light. Therefore it is said, get up, sleeper, and rise up from the dead, and the Messiah will shine on you. So he's saying, walk as children of the light. And your light is going to shine in a way that people are going to see it, and their lives, their broken lives, are going to become clear. I mean, I would guess that most of us in here probably could say that the way, those of who have come to faith in Christ, I know not everyone has, and for those of you that haven't, I'm really glad you're here. I'm glad you're tuning in. I remember being there, and I'm glad that you're giving God's word a hearing. But I remember it was people that God had put in my life that I saw differently. Their lives shined into my life in a way that said something is missing. And I, I came to know what that missing person was and it was Christ but he says get up sleeper I imagine we got some sleepers in here I remember being a sleeper he's saying wake up wake up to where the truth is wake up to where life is you're chasing all these different ways to try to find peace and purpose and meaning and joy and you will not find it apart from Jesus Wake up. But do you want to be different? Okay, just refrain from doing bad things. That's a good start. Just He's saying don't be a part of darkness. Don't, don't be a partner in darkness. So if you want to be different, then refrain from doing bad things. But if you want to be really different, oh, boy, here we go. Verse 11, expose the darkness. If you want to be really different, expose the bad things that you see. Oh, you've seen them, haven't you? I've seen them. And I'm not talking about the ones in ourselves. We're very aware of those. But we see them in other people. We see them in other systems, in other, in other places. We see them. And, and to be imitators of God is to not merely see them and go, oh boy. But it's to expose them. Now, now, that sounds like, when I, when I read that and when I, when I continue to read it, I have to remind myself, that sounds like it's like we got to be this confrontational person that, that starts walking around swinging the Bible like it's a bat. That's not it. Okay, I don't mean that. Now, in some cases, don't, don't hear me say otherwise, in some cases, to stand up for what is evil, to stand up for injustice where things are wrong, there, there has to be maybe a confrontation. But really, we're talking about discussion. We're talking about debate. We're talking about getting to know someone and find out and seeing the darkness in their lives and lovingly, humbly, gently begin a conversation so that they can see it, so that you can make clear to them, as Paul says, the darkness 
that is within them. But that's what it means to be really different. Expose the darkness. Well, let's keep going. Verses 15 and 16. Pay careful attention then to how you walk. Not as unwise people, but as wise. Making the most of the time because the days are evil. So now Paul dials into wisdom. And he's saying, you need to be wise. And wisdom is applied knowledge, right? It's it's learning something and then applying it in your life. And people see that being applied in your life and it's working. And hence you are seen as wise. And, and, And Paul is saying, hey, be wise. Don't be like the unwise. Now, when I think of unwise, I think of people's whose base of knowledge is the culture. Clearly, Paul would, is talking about, as he said previously with light, being the instruction and teaching of God's word. When, we know, when that is our knowledge base and we make decisions and, and live life in light of that, we are biblically wise. But the unwise, you know them. Some of you are in here. And all of us at one time have made decisions that really were more impulsive than they were wise. We've acted on emotion rather than acting on intellect and wisdom. And the base of our knowledge, as I said before, is um, it's what the world, what our culture, what our tribe says. But, but to be really different here means to look somewhere else. And what's interesting about the unwise is, isn't it amazing how the unwise always seem to find trouble? Or maybe trouble seems to always find them. It could be financial trouble, debt, bankruptcy, barely making it. It could be that kind of trouble. It can be relational trouble. They're, they just are in and out of relationships. There's divorces here and divorces there. That, that just seems to follow the unwise. There could be vocational problems, right? They just can't hold a job. They can't seem to work well with others. They're unwise. And Paul is saying, be wise. And so if you want to be different, right, then live a wise life. Uh, you know, maybe stop making impulsive decisions. Maybe go and seek wise counsel from people that can really help you with, with making a good decision. I mean, that's, that'll make you different. But if you want to be really different, then you will circle, underline, highlight. Verse 16, it says, making the most of the time. Why do you do that? Because the days are evil. If you really want to be different, then you will live wise, but purposefully so with the mission of the church in mind. Meaning that as you're living your life and and the knowledge that you're getting through the word of God, and as you you interact in life, as you apply the word of God, and, and, and you accumulate that knowledge, as you make decisions, as you interact with people, as you dream and make plans, when you do that with the mission of the church in mind, go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. When you have that in your, as a grid by which you're analyzing everything, now that's really different. Because that's not about you. That's about God. That's about the kingdom. That's about other things. Because you're making the most of the time. There's an urgency to that, my friends. There's a sense that we need to be mindful and focused on the kingdom and not on ourselves. Okay, verse 17. 
We're almost there on this list. I hope you're just kind of thinking through, am I really different in that area? Verse 17, so don't be foolish, but understand that the Lord's, what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled by the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music from your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything by God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Fascinating to me, fascinating to me that Paul uses drinking, and not just drinking, but drunkenness for us to understand what it means to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Now, for those of you in here who have never been drunk, let me describe to you what that's like. That was kind of a joke, but okay. Um, <laughs> let's call it maybe a little bit more affectionately. Liquid courage. Does that help? Right? You do things, you say things. Something else has control of your body. And let me just throw this out to those people who say, hey, marijuana is okay because it's now legal. Okay, great, it's legal. But whatever you let into your body, whether it be drink, smoke, ingest, whatever it is, and, and when it causes you not to be you, when it compromises you in any way, my friends, this passage applies. Paul is saying what we need to ingest, if you will, what we need to be filled with is the Spirit of God. But what's, what's really amazing about this, and maybe even frustrating about this, get this for a moment. Notice that it says, be filled by the Spirit, right? It doesn't say, go fill yourself with the Spirit. And now combine that with the fact that this is a command. So there's a passive action, be filled, and then Paul seems to want to frustrate us and say, I command you to do that. How do I do that? If I'm not the, the initiator of the action, if I'm the recipient of the action, how do I command that? What, what happens there? We'll come to that in just a minute. But I want to keep drawing out this idea of what it means to be filled with the Spirit. So it's a command. And not only is it a command, it's a continuous command. It's really saying, be fillable, ongoing. This isn't just one time. He's not talking about that one time when the Spirit of God comes inside of you and opens your eyes up to the brokenness in your life and the fact that Jesus died for you and that faith in him is what will allow God to forgive you and you can become a child of God, an imitator of God. No, he's not talking about that. He's talking about it in an ongoing way. But it's also supernatural, right? And, and he, I, I shared with you at the beginning of the service, he, he kind of explains in one sense, it's, it's, it's when you become so... Um, you're not worried about what other people think. And in a corporate worship, you are just singing to what God has done and who he is. And there's a, there's a personal, intimate relationship with him, and it just is coming out. And you don't care. You're unencumbered. You're unhindered by that. That's just one aspect of what it means to be filled, because it's a supernatural activity. This is not you being a better version of you. This is you being a new version of you. That the Spirit of God comes inside of you and fills you. Now let's come back to the question. Okay, fine. If it's supernatural, I want that. If it's an empowering to help me do these other things, as I'm looking at when you were just describing this, Paul's ticking off this list. Hey, you want to be really different? Boom, 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 boom. You're like going, oh my gosh. Well, he waits till the very end. Okay, you want to know how the oh my gosh happens? And believe me, after this, we're going to get to this next week uh, in, in the uh, marriage and parenting. But... How do, how do I do that? My friends, you have to be filled with the Spirit of God. And it is a command. So how do I do that? 
the way you do that is you make yourself fillable. Okay? Remember, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not like Darth Vader, may the force be. I'm not a Star Wars guy. I'm going to confession right here. I've only seen one Star Wars, and it was eh. Okay, so that may not endear me to anybody in this room, all right? But the whole force be with you thing. I know somebody said that. I don't know who said it. Who said it? Help me out here. Who said may the force be with you? Luke Skywalker? Everybody? Okay, well, anyways, I digress. This is not one of those kind of things, okay? Not at all. This is a, the Spirit is a person, and how do you be fillable to a person? Well, think about it this way. How can I be lovable to a person? I relate to them. And that's exactly what happens. Jesus kind of says it this way in John 15, 5. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So it's being a good branch. It's clinging to God. It's being in relationship with God. You will never be filled with the Spirit apart from this. You, it just won't happen. This is how you get to know the God that overwhelmingly loves you. And as you spend your time learning who God is, learning who you are, confessing and repenting and giving back to things, the, the things to God that are, that are not really who you are, and as you begin to add to the things of who you really are as you live out your life, and, and as God allows, or as you allow God to shape you into the likeness of Jesus, as all that's going on, and it's driven primarily by this, you're making yourself fillable. And the Spirit of God is filling you with God's truth and, and empowering you so that in those tough decisions, you're applying godly wisdom. In those moments when you're, when you're afraid of the future, you've, you've been filled with the Spirit of God and you have a hope about the future and you're okay. But when you're in the, in the current and, and there's a really scary situation and there's fear, you, you, you have the Spirit of God inside of you and he, and he brings up courage and peace. And you can't explain it, but you're steadfast in it. It's supernatural. I got to think, if, if you're like me, you're, you're tired of, of trying to make what is spiritual come out in you through willpower and trying harder. But that'll make you different. That will make you different. All right? You can be different, and you can try harder to do all the right things. You, you can, and that'll make you different. But if you want to be really different, then you will rely, and you will trust, you will abide, and you will remain in Christ. And you will be filled regularly, continuously with the Spirit of God so that you are empowered to be the husband and the wife and the mother and the father and the child of God and the friend and the neighbor that he wants you to be so that the world may see, hey, this lady, she's really different. And that draws attention to him as you thank God, as you live your life before people. And my friends, the world needs a church that's really, really different. It needs a church that will love sacrificially, that will give to the community generously, that will be always thanking God for everything. And as people stand in amazement, they're not complaining they're thinking, how do I understand that? Who will expose darkness and injustice, however and whatever would, would work best? Who will live with a, the mission of the church in mind, in focus, and who will live all this out, not in their own strength, but supernaturally empowered by the Spirit of God? My friends, that will make you really different. And if we're doing that together, that will make us really different. And to the glory, we, we say that goes to God. We want, we want to be, remember, we're, we're mirrors. We're not self-portraits. We want... All of that to bounce off us and go right up that way so that people see it is about God. It is not about me. 
People are desperately looking for that. And we have a chance to be the answer. So here's the homework for this week. Would you please pick one of those areas to be really different in and say, I'm going to focus on this one. This is where I'm really going to focus. And remember, how do I focus on it? This is when, when you leave here today, I don't want you to leave. I'm going to focus on really loving people sacrificially. And then, and then you go out there and go, ah, I do my very best. My very best to love sacrificially. No, no. I'm going to go and I'm going to abide and I'm going to remain and I'm going to pray and I'm going to read God's word and I'm going to reflect on that and I'm going to ask God for the strength and then after that, I'm going to love people sacrificially, right? Because that's the relationship. We don't want religion. Let's make sure we've got those separate, okay? All right, let me pray. Father, thank you, God, for your love for us and your patience with us. I thank you for the power of your word and your spirit. I pray especially for those in this room who do not know you. I remember being there. And God, I pray today, just from, from the time that they've been here, even if they came here under compulsion or they were dragged by their nose hairs, God, I pray that they are surprised that there's an interest. There's a desire maybe even to come back. And God, I pray that is the beginning of you doing something amazing in their lives. And I pray for those who are already followers of Jesus that we will really, Lord God, recommit to being not just different, but really different for your glory. In Christ's name I pray.